90% of all scientists that have ever been alive are alive today. That's a lot of information, but don't panic. It's not an exact science. Hey, Shannon, how are you? Oh, school starts this week. <laughs> it is that time again. The end of summer shorts. <laughs> oh, so we're going to go from having 56 minute long episodes to 63 minute long episodes. <laughs> Roughly, yeah. Oh, man. Um, I was looking forward to this next semester. I have two new grad students coming in, um, and I was only going to teach one class. Oh, sigh. <laughs> but now I'm teaching two classes, one of which I've never taught before. And I mean, at least it's it's paleomagnetism, so at least it's that, <laughs> but still. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can teach that with your eyes mostly closed. Mostly closed? <laughs> I'm going to have to break out my drawing skills, though, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> right, please make your students go through all the math that Ryan and I did. <laughs> Oh, I figured I'd just lock it in the magnetometer room. Yeah. You like reverse engineer this, please. Right. <laughs> I will say we will go through a significant portion of that math. So mm-hmm. it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. And you have to solve it with math, not with a stupid little graph and tracing paper. <laughs> That's how PMAG loves to solve problems. though. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's going to be, it'll be fun. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. I'm going to get off of here and finish my syllabi. (laughs) Ah, yes. Yeah. And we were talking about that, too. It's so funny. It's like you get to have, like, first day of school excitement, like, twice a year for the rest of your life. It's so strange. (laughs) Right. Well, and I I always find it funny. You can tell how long somebody has taught (laughs) by the length of their syllabi. I would say that's so true, but now the university has given us so many things that we have to include. They're no longer just suggested. They are use this thing. So I think I'm up to six or seven pages. Yep. Sounds about right. Ridiculous. (laughs) Yep. So. Yep, that sounds sounds about right. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah, a page for every year is that? Yeah, it's the start of my seventh year, so something like that. <laughs> I was going to see if I can find. Uh, let's see. I don't have my syllabi, mm-hmm. but uh, let me let me read you for the the first day of oh, school. No. Okay, my helpful hints that I would attach to my syllabi. Okay. All right. It says, helpful hints, what I'm looking for. And this was partially adapted from another professor. And then I added, this is one of those things like every time somebody did something, I was like, really? Added it. Okay. Ah. Mm-hmm. So handwriting. If I can't, I can't grade it if I can't read it. Yeah. Pretty mm-hmm. obvious. Yep. Yep. Clarity of solution. Use complete sentences that are coherent and answer the question. Okay. I allow bullet points sometimes, but I usually tell them when I allow that. Notation. Use proper mathematical rigor. If it is a vector, put an arrow over it. If it's a unit vector, use a hat. You have to put that? Shouldn't they do that? No, I'm sorry. 
I don't know why I asked that. Again, experience. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) Uh, Units. Everything is measured in a unit. Checking your units when working out solutions is a great way to see if you are likely correct. Yeah. Or even writing units at all. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Neatness. For maps or activities that require drawing or graphing, make sure you cleanly erase stray marks, use colors, and clean up your work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Graphing. Always label the axes, provide a title, include a legend, and accurately plot the data. Use a ruler. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Spills. Keep your labs clean. Papers with coffee, blood, sweat, tear, etc. stains are no fun. <gasps> oh, you are way harder than I am. <laughs> I kind of expect to see that. I think if I don't see those things, you haven't put in put in the effort I expected. (laughs) And the last one was questions. I love this stuff, and they pay me the big bucks to answer your questions. So ask them. (laughs) Okay. Well, I would have said they pay me the little bucks to answer your questions. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. Love it. And. You know, I just told our our intern, he's like, oh, that's, I'm going to start doing that. Uh, Because he noticed that a lot of my classwork in binders, he's like, so did you take different, he's just asking, like, did you take binders for every class? And I was like, no, I did all of my stuff on yellow uh, tearaway notepads. Mm -hmm. Because then when they throw the pile of, you know, differential equations homework out on the table and say, pick yours up on your way out, I just find the yellow one and grab it and walk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there you go but anyway so that's that's my uh life hack for the semester <laughs> <laughs> okay so one that i do now that i never did before but this was one that i picked up from somebody that i love that is um you may argue points with me but know that if you choose to submit an assignment i will regrade the entire assignment <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that was one. And I said, your grade could go up or it could go down. So just know that before you start to argue with me. Hmm. Yeah, that was a really, really important one, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then after being burned, not not me being burned, but seeing a professor get burned in an academic misconduct hearing, um, I have email hours as well. So that was a big deal of, I check my email these times and then the night before tests, I stay online until like 10 o'clock at night and will answer emails until then. So if you're not going to make it, if something's happened, whatever, I better get those emails. If you have questions, I better get those emails by 10 o'clock. So do you get flooded at 9.50? Not at all. You know what? I hardly ever do. And it's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Because I sit there like just watching my email and I'll be like, I'll be here for these kids. I'll help them out. But what doesn't happen too, because I put that in there. So I don't actually get flooded. Um, There's always one or two students. Um, But what I don't get is the 8 a.m. or the 6 a.m. emails where you can tell they've been up all night and they're freaking out. I don't get those because of that 10 p.m. deadline, which is very interesting to me. So I, I like that. I, I had a professor that did this. Uh, I, actually, I think you had the same one. Uh, and I adopted this policy and got a lot of flack for it. <laughs> but it was so some of the homeworks would have to get turned in like to the department desk. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, they were due at a certain time. Mm-hmm. And whoever's the desk would write down the time they were received. Mm-hmm. So this assignment is due by 3 p.m. on Friday the 20th. Right. 3.05 p.m., straight in the recycle bin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, that's not fair. It's like, well, that's life. <laughs> no kidding. You have deadlines, man. Mm-hmm. Right. That's Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I make stuff do under my door because I think it's funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because students will be like, where's your office? I'm like, look on the syllabus, dude. Where's that at? Figure it out. There's a map of the building, you know? And if it's, if they put it in there, they can't see other people's stuff. So like if you turn it in outside an office or like in a mailbox, I've had people cheat before, you know, so they have to turn it in there. And so I'll always do it like right before I know I'm leaving. And then I know when everything comes in late, right? Because I scoop up everybody's stuff at 401 and then everything else. And people try to argue with me. This wasn't late at all. I'm like, Oh really? (laughs) Cause I have this timestamp photo. Mm-hmm. of me cleaning it off and it's like people get really mad and it's like dude i know it was late like this is this is how it rolls you know so yep and they also learn really quick that they better staple their things or put them in a folder or else they just get spewed everywhere and i'm like well i couldn't find it sorry you didn't adequately mark your name or you know put your stuff yeah, when together. you fold all four corners <sighs> over to try to hold them together uh-huh yeah i'm not gonna do that yeah exactly and put your name on every single page. I have 30 of you. I don't and know what you're drawing. Yeah. I don't know what your drawing looks like. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. it's a little painful for students, but yeah, that regrading policy was the best thing I've ever put on a syllabus. <laughs> so, nice. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, yeah. Now we got that out of our systems. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back and um, put some more from your list on there too. I do tell students that I judge you by your handwriting. I say, I'm a human. I try to be as objective as possible, but objectivity doesn't exist. And if you have really horrendous handwriting, I already think less of you. So try to get it together. Ouch. It's true. Yeah. (laughs) But it's true in the real world too. You see someone Mm -hmm. that has really crappy handwriting, you're automatically judging them for no reason. And it's not right, you know? And it's not like, I mean, if I can read it, I don't take points off, but also like, that's what's going to happen, guys. You guys need to hear it. So I had a student who (laughs) said that her dad used to make her practice like all through high school because her handwriting was so bad. And she said he would sit her down like a kindergartner and literally make her write stuff just to get better. And her handwriting was impeccable. Right. So, you know, you can change it if you want to. But yeah, but no one writes also, in cursive anymore, so it's much easier just to, about say. to say. And don't try cursive. <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it when I get cursive writers. They're always guys too. I I I enjoy it as well, but I would say if you're under your mid twenties, just don't try because <laughs> it will be illegible. Oh, it's so funny because you can tell who's like families emphasized it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's pretty pretty interesting so yeah yep well we got to see each other in person not long ago (laughs) so exciting Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so shannon came over for the workshop that we talked about last week Mm -hmm. and 
Uh, she gave a presentation and got to hang out with us for a little while. Yep. Wish I could have been there for the whole thing because I had, you know, an adjacent student that came and was already texting me things just um, today and yesterday that stuff he had put into practice from things he had learned at the workshop. So I imagine the other, you know, 25 people there are also doing the same thing. I hope so. We had a lot of fun, though. I never sleep. Oh, if I sleep in, it's 637. I'm normally a pretty early morning person. Uh, I slept so much the weekend <laughs> after the workshop. I would I be awake for you. about two hours at a time <laughs> and like watch watch some YouTube or something. And then I'd go to sleep for four hours and then I'd wake up for another two. And I basically did that for two straight days. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> that's great. I imagine um, your, your employees were doing the same thing because they looked like they were working their tails off a little bit too. Everybody was exhausted. <laughs> In a really good way though. I'm yes. guessing. Uh-huh. Uh, we definitely learned a lot. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to go perfectly because it's the first time we've ever tried anything like this. And my first yeah. time really running an event that big on my own not just being part of the team that helped make something that big happen. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it, I, I will say I, I expected there to be one, two, maybe three, like major hitches. And we didn't really have any major hitches. We just had some minor bumps along the way. So I was pretty happy with that. That is super great. Uh-huh. I'm I'm super excited to like hear everyone's feedback either, you know, from your actual survey or just from from what you heard about a few things like so I don't I don't know where you want to go in general, but I have a few questions then when you're done. <laughs> okay, well, so the first thing that I knew was going to be a challenge and the feedback bared this out <laughs> uh was where do you shoot in terms of difficulty? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We had some people that were like, man, the first day, day and a half was all review. Like I took physics two, I remember physics two. I didn't need that. Mm. And then we had some people that were like, I was lost for the first day to day and a half. Way too fast, way too much. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, mm. And it's because we had interdisciplinary folks right that all had different degree requirements okay so some uh you know like in the meteorology sequence you take more physics than you do in the geology sequence Mm -hmm. so some of those topics were and meteorologists take a measurements course Mm -hmm. so they are familiar with calibration and they've heard the word analog to digital converter right yeah and voltage divider, but the geologists hadn't. Mm-hmm. But also then when it came to things like working in the frequency domain, the geologists were a lot more comfortable than the meteorologists. There you go. Because working on seismic. So it's very, you know, where do you shoot? And the, the approach that we took, and I think the feedback says that we did pretty good, was we're going to shoot for the dead middle. Okay. Like there's going to be a few people that are pretty happy, a few people that were going too fast for, and a few people were going too slow for. Mm-hmm. But that could, those people could switch every day. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, okay, um, before we keep going, what was the audience that was actually in attendance? Was it mostly graduate students? Mostly PhD students, a okay. few master's students, a couple faculty, mm-hmm. and a couple of just finished undergrad and not sure what's next. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so I think we ended up with around 24 out-of-town mm-hmm. folks here. And then we had our staff and uh, like my folks came and helped. Mm-hmm. Um, some local businesses pitched in and sent engineers or machinists to help for those parts of the the workshop. So mm-hmm. on average, we probably had 30 to 33 people in the room. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So that was... That in itself is a challenge. Yes. <laughs> because mm-hmm. you've got to make sure you've got bathroom, coffee, food, water, meeting dietary restrictions and allergies. Oh, just I know. The, the stuff uh-huh. that 30 something people need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All day, every day. 30 something out of town people, you know, who aren't going home to bring an extra water bottle or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Gotcha. So that and was so interesting. You wound up having this next door in a rented, rented space, right? Because, you know, you can't do all of this in, in your shop. So I bet that was sort of, that was an interesting thing too, right? Because sometimes you were in the shop and then sometimes you were in this other space. Yeah. So we rented the VFW building that's Mm -hmm. next door to our shop and, uh, they're, they're great neighbors uh, to us anyway. Mm -hmm. And it was it was a pretty good space for us to use really, but we did have some challenges. Like it was kind of echoey. Yeah. Um, and you know, how do you set up a new space that you've never set up a class in before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, we had to tape down. So I went and spent almost 500 bucks on extension cords and power strips. Mm-hmm. Just so every table had extension. Cause I know that kills me anytime I'm at a meeting or a workshop and there's no, <laughs> no power there. Oh yeah, that was a great touch. I I will say because obviously I slipped in and sat in the back, and I was like, "Man, can I plug in my? I can plug in my laptop just right here. This is great." <laughs> and you know, internet. Well, our building's next door, so okay. Now we've got to mount uh, a wireless uh, access point on the outside of our building and put another one inside of this building that they can see each other, so that we have internet. Mm-hmm. Um. A lot of little logistics things like that. And like okay. we didn't own a projector or a projector screen. That's so a we whole, had to fix that. Yeah. That's a whole projectors are a whole separate headache too as well. Yep. Arranging catering. Uh, my, my wife helped a ton with that. And then my okay. folks went and got the food and brought that's it awesome. and set it up. Uh, but it, excuse me, it took a, it took quite a crew to pull this off. Yeah, that's, it seemed pretty, seemed like you guys had it down pretty good by that last day for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, Lindy had made checklists for every day for all the food stuff. That's awesome. Um, having, uh, having been the camp cook this summer, I, I understand exactly how terrible that is to do. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it, that stuff. Okay. Once we got that done, fine. Um, but then let's talk about the technical content. Mm-hmm. I thought, hey, we'll do lectures all morning. 
and labs all afternoon. So it'll be like, hey, while you're while you're awake mm-hmm. and have some energy, because <laughs> you know how post lunch classes go. Oh yes, I do. Half the people are in a carb coma and out. Yep. So I thought well, we'll do all this in the morning. You know, everybody's hopped up on coffee. We'll make it through three to four hours of lecture. And then we'll do four hours of lab after lunch. Mm-hmm. And the labs, it was going to be four labs, each one an hour long, four groups, and they rotate every hour. Okay. That structure displeased most people. <laughs> <gasps> really? Yes, which really surprised me because I thought it was a fantastic structure and I was wrong. Oh, okay. So wait, let me see because I also think that's a fantastic structure. Um, was it too much? Is that what displeased them? Or it staying was, in the same group? No, um, it was too, too big a chunks. Oh, wow. Okay. They wanted I, more individualized step-by-step stuff or no, they wanted like, let's do a lecture for an hour to an hour and a half on a topic. And then let's stop lecture and do the lab on that thing right now. Ah. And then let's go back and do some more lecture. Okay. Okay. I could see that in hindsight. Now, part of the reason I didn't do that is because I don't have enough money to buy enough supplies for everybody to do the same lab at once. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or enough space. Later. Yeah. But yeah. So we couldn't quite do it that way, but I think at least splitting it up with like two lecture, two lab in the morning, two lecture, two lab in the afternoon. It wasn't universal that the structure was bad, but it was pretty close to universal. Wow. How about that? Yeah. That is... That is very interesting. I wouldn't have, uh, hmm. I wouldn't have said that that was going to be universally hated. Yeah. And the labs themselves, uh, again, it was a very mixed group. So some people had said like, Hey, you need way more direction. Like show me which buttons to push. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, which I get because you've never used this, some of this equipment before. Yeah. So, and then there were some that were like, hey, you know, labs were, were fine. I had to work and figure stuff out, but that was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a little bit of a mix there. And some labs, there, there was one lab in particular, the doing the lab on PID control systems. I eventually just told him, I was like, okay, tear the first two pages off the lab and start <gasps> here. <laughs> because... <laughs> I, I mean, we designed a circuit board just for the first part of this lab. And I thought this was so cool. And something in the way that I wrote the lab made it just not even come close to landing for all, but maybe one or two people. <gasps> wow. Mm. And I can't figure it out. Cause like, to me, it's perfectly clear. I asked the guys, I was like, Hey, you know, you guys ran through this lab and like, yeah, we get it. But we also all do kind of PID stuff. Okay. A lot. Like we, yeah. we, none of us have the beginner mindset on that. And so I'm mm-hmm. not sure what I failed at in the structuring of that part of that lab. But it was definitely a me problem. 
because it was a, I would say all except for one student, a 100% miss of what the point <laughs> of that was. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, just like you saying, <laughs> you can look at the syllabus and tell how long someone's taught. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the same thing. Like as we get farther away from being noobs, it's harder to remember what you never knew, you know? Well, and this is just like, it's a, it was a conceptual, I thought this was a tool that would make understanding the contributions of P, I, and D each more intuitive. Because mm -hmm. I linked it directly to calculus and did some very, but somewhere along the way, I missed, I missed the point because everybody's thinking they were making a controller. It's like, no, you're not making a PID controller. You're just looking at the terms P, I, and D. Oh, Okay. And yeah, I'm not sure what exactly happened, but hmm. it, it didn't land well at all. So there were a few on the fly modifications like that. <laughs> oh, there's a typo here, which is not a big deal. Uh, or some of them were like, okay, take this page and just rip it right out because that doesn't work. <laughs> hmm. No kidding. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's going to happen. Okay. Um, the pneumatics lab, people liked it, but the lab blocks were an hour and it took about 20 minutes. Oh. <laughs> um, and the problem was only one person could really do it. Cause you're standing in front of a board hooking together pneumatics. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And like, well, not everybody wants to make the same thing. They saw the person before him make. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there are a few little things like that. Some labs, the soldering lab, I thought everybody will be done in, 30 to 45 minutes. And I don't think anybody finished under 90. <laughs> uh, I mean, when you first start to learn that, that's a, that's an art, you know what I mean? Like, just like with drilling, like PMAG cores, like, I feel like you either intuit that or you don't. And I feel like soldering is the same way. Like if you don't have the intuition for what's the feel of doing that is, I could see where that would take a long time. Yeah, so I misjudged some time, but I knew that would happen. And yeah, we had yeah. some backup activities. And also, some people in the afternoons were just glad to have the break. Because mm -hmm. uh, in the mornings, we would take... The first day, I didn't take near as many breaks as I should. And I got feedback about that and listened. <laughs> uh, you probably got immediate feedback about that, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, pe people need to go to the bathroom. Like, yep. <laughs> we, we need to take a stop here We're so not camels <laughs> but in the lab section the idea is well you'll take care of that stuff whenever but people said man four hours of lab with no break in between got really tiresome mm, okay so people were glad for the short labs mm -hmm. gotcha yeah yeah you have to schedule and time off yeah yeah so some of that worked, some of it didn't. The one lab that seemed to be, I'm not going to say universally hated, but <laughs> the, the lab that everybody, because one of the things was like, which lab was your favorite? Which lab was your least favorite? Almost right. everybody said the calibration lab was their least favorite. Oh, it sounds like it's the most important though. <laughs> uh, which I sort of get because it's not very exciting. Right. Yeah. But again, super important. <laughs> so I think what that tells me is, you know, I had everything pretty much set up. 
Like mm-hmm. here's the transducers in this calibration thing. Like you just take these points and fit a line to it using whatever you want, Excel, Python, MATLAB, whatever. Uh, I think next year that one's got to be harder. Okay. Not as much A little more setup. real life. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. So, yeah, we learned a few things like that. Um, the labs mostly went well. People found some unique ways to break some of the equipment that we didn't anticipate. Uh, you but, didn't anticipate that? <laughs> well, I anticipated a lot of ways, but not all the ways that they found. <laughs> so, so, Shannon, I'm curious what some of your questions are, because I have a feeling they're going to lead into stuff that I would mention anyway. Um, so I'm going to say that since I'm starting class next week, I just thought to myself, what was I going to ask him? <laughs> right. And I didn't write him down. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe it'll come to you. Yeah, I'm hoping it will. Um, what did you want me to lead into? <laughs> well, let's see. Um, in the in the exit, we got a lot of good feedback in the exit surveys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great. You know, like people took twice the amount of space that we'd given them. Which is awesome. Which is fantastic. Unless they were just complaining about you. And that that never feels good. But <laughs> No, that wasn't the case. Um, Excellent. Most people said that because, you know, some of my staff taught as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I did the majority of the lecture part. Uh, but everybody had great things to say about that, mostly. Uh, a few like, hey, you know, we need to spend more time on this or... Um, I did notice that everybody was really bad at following directions. <laughs> <laughs> you just clearly have been out of the classroom too long to have not remembered that, John. <laughs> well, but directions like, we're going to use this software tomorrow. Install it tonight. The install takes hours. Mm-hmm. Install it tonight. And then the next day, several people said, what, were you supposed to have that? Yeah. Yeah, they never listen, <laughs> even to a thing they've paid to come to that they're interested in. <laughs> Does that surprise me some? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's too bad. But uh, no, and the, you know, we did an Arduino afternoon, which everybody wanted to spend more time on, but we were out of time at that point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of people said they wanted to keep their Arduino kits. Yeah. <laughs> Which we did not have in the plan or the budget. Mm-hmm. So maybe next year. I mean, you could always just like, hey, if you want to keep your stuff, it's going to be this much extra. And I bet almost everyone would pay it. Right. Well, I think, mm-hmm. you know, this year I went on eBay uh, and bought some pretty generic kits that had a bunch of sensors and a bunch of lights and stuff in them. And I think we're going to start making some more purpose-driven kits. Okay. uh, Of components that would be useful for scientists. You know, we'll use these when we're teaching general public Arduino because they're going to want to know how to make a fan motor run or something. But as Mm -hmm. a scientist, you're probably not going to care so much about that. You're going to want to actually do sensors. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is true. Uh, Oh, that's what that was one of mine. How much fun did they think you doing the safety lecture with the fire department was 
Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> most people liked it. Some people were pretty apprehensive about approaching a live fire with a fire extinguisher. Really? Yep. Hmm. Okay. Uh, it, That's it, interesting. It varied. Like, there were a few people that, like, ran towards the fire, and the fireman was, like, pulling them back. Like, no, 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 like, start firing the fire extinguisher <laughs> sooner than that. Um, some people fired it from really far back, and they were kind of pushing them forward. Uh, oh. It was a wide variety uh, of responses to that. But I think everybody had fun. See, that's so – it seems like a weird thing to do. I mean, it doesn't to you because you're – you know, you don't want people to burn down your shop. But I think as a workshop participant, I could see people being trepidatious about that specific thing. And I think that's so cool because you don't want to be, if you got nervous when they lit those pallets on fire, like if you got nervous then, what would have happened if you were in a lab and you had to do this? You know what I mean? How like scared and nervous would you be? Maybe even so much you don't even grab the extinguisher and you just leave. So way to, you know, approach that in a controlled environment where the stakes are low versus when it actually happens. <laughs> right. Well, and that's what I told, uh, told the students at the beginning. I was like, we're going to do a lot of things this week that you've never done. A lot mm -hmm. of things that you've probably never heard of. And some of them are going to be scary because you've <laughs> never done them. And they involve dangerous tools or, you know, they're, they're just out of your comfort zone. Like we're not going to force anyone to do anything, but this is the closest you're going to get to a guaranteed safe experience. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got a lot of experts around you. Everybody's watching to make sure that nothing bad happens and we have safety gear everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's true. That and was we, um, we oh, really oh. had most mo most people did everything. There were only a couple activities that a few people for various reasons. Right, I am not comfortable doing that. Okay, that was my next question. Was was everyone okay with stuff like welding? I mean, that's not a joke. So <laughs> I, I would say like the welding and cutting torch labs were probably the ones that gave people some of the more. A uh, little, little bit more fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's some legit equipment. Well, and you know, people weren't, uh, which I don't blame them, uh, comfortable being you know showered in sparks while they're welding or while they're grinding, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, it's not going to hurt you. It's just going it's going to feel a little weird. But you got long sleeves on, you've got long pants on, all the loose stuffs tied up, like it, it's totally fine. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't seem like it should be because yellow hot sparks are flying at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and hitting you all over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. Uh, so, so that one, uh, mm -hmm. also luckily that we went and toured a, uh, a, a local shop that we do a lot of business with big shop mm -hmm. and they had some tooling reps come and talk to the students about different kinds of tooling and safety. And the tooling rep went through, you know, I would, I would sort of call it his top five hits of nasty stuff he's seen happen to people in a shop. Oh, geez. <laughs> Great. And we didn't show any gross pictures and any of the safety, because I know some people can't deal with that super well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he said, well, 
everybody that's worked in a shop for any length of time has probably had some semi-serious accident. Mm -hmm. And he's like, just ask anybody. And I'm not going to say people went, yeah, yeah, right. But there was kind of a like, yeah, okay, attitude. Wow, really? Um, n- not from near everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think some people just didn't realize like he's not, he's not really joking about that. No. And so he was like, well, you know, the end of this finger, uh, something, I don't remember what happened to his. And uh, one of the managers of that shop said, yep, uh, this is sewn back on. And I said, I drilled through the center or not through, but into the center of my hand. I said, and the tip of my left pinky is sewn back on. And like th- there were four of us standing there talking to them and all four of us has had something sewn back know. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I've been in the emergency room with my husband numerous times. Um, and he always gets real mad when I'm there because I start asking the doctor questions. And the last time when he got metal in his eye underneath his safety goggles, I got to, you know, look into his eye with the fluorescent thing. And the doctor was showing me all the scars from all the previous metal and all this. And he's like, can we just do this? (laughs) (laughs) And then when he got the tips of his fingers sewn back on, (laughs) yeah, he wasn't super happy. The doctor was like poking stuff and showing me all this cool things. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, that happens to everyone that works in the shop. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. And that really, in a good way, opened some of their eyes to like, we're not kidding that that this isn't just a safety spiel for a safety spiel's sake. Like you will lose a finger today. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I told him, you know, my goal is for nobody to go to the hospital and for me to never call 911 all week. And that didn't happen. What did I I sign up for? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, Um, that's great. That is great. Did everybody was very conscious. So that's, that was good. Mm-hmm. Did everything just in the planning of it? Cause you said, you know, at the first you've been a part of planning these things, but never like the head honcho. Did everything go okay with the hotel? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Other than like the initial setup of the hotel mm-hmm. for some reason didn't, you know, said, Hey, you know, we, we got people coming in. Can we get a group rate? And they were like, Nope. Huh? Like, okay, like, thanks. Can we, can we get a block of rooms? And, you know, and so begrudgingly, they kind of took our information. And then somebody, so I sent an email out. I was like, hey, you call the hotel. This is the hotel. You make your reservation with, with this group. And somebody immediately emails, like, hey, I called and they said they didn't know anything about this group. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so once we got that ironed out, like after the first day or so of people trying to make reservations, everything was smooth. That's good. Okay. That's one of the biggest problems i feel like in these instances is always hotels i don't know what the deal is but it was walkable to everything that's Uh, good some people walked to the shop which we had a mercifully cool week Mm -hmm. that week i mean it was 80s to 90s right uh and not a thousand percent humidity just about (laughs) 60 Uh, some people walked to the to the workshop in the morning uh I think they were a little crazy, but they did. <laughs> that's cool, though. That's that's really neat. Yeah, it was yeah. quite nice. It's terrible this week if you were going to have it this week. <laughs> oh, we, I mean, I went and bought a full pallet of water in prep, and mm-hmm. we drank less than a third of it. I know. I saw <laughs> poor, poor other John <laughs> toting all that stuff out of there. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. But well, that's so, cool. Yeah, I, that's great. There are some little things like that. We we had enough Chinese food left over to kill an army. <laughs> uh, uh, we had lots of leftovers from that. That's funny. <laughs> but I mean, uh, you know, that's. It sounds like it went as well as it possibly could have. Yes. And I think everybody learned quite a bit. I learned some things that they would want to do and things that we can do next year to be better. Mm-hmm. Also, man, I'm fighting hard. The or like, We spent a decent amount of time on some pretty basic electronics, which in my mind you need to understand what's going on. Right. But also, we didn't get to a lot of more practical, applicable stuff because we spent a half a day in the theory. Okay. We probably should just cut that out. The theory part? Yeah. So cutting it out and just moving forward anyway or assigning it as homework? What would you homework? Do? Homework doesn't work. Before yeah, workshops. I know. That's, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, no. Just cutting it out as we'll give you the bits and pieces that you need when you need it mm-hmm. in the practical application. Know that there's this whole body of stuff out there that you should know. And it's not hard to know, but we're not going to have the time to go over it. Gotcha. Because uh, mm-hmm. that was a lot of the workshop and we told them this in the first day is like most of this is giving you things to Google. Gotcha. Like you, you will know the words that you need to know to go find the information you need to find to solve the problem, but you're not going to know how to solve the problem. But man, that's the, that's what people need because so many people, I, I struggle so much with the question, but I don't even know where to start or I don't even know what to ask. You know, and it sounds like you solved that a little bit. Maybe. And, you know, there were some people that said like, hey, I'm trying to do X, Y, Z. Like what, what kind of sensor would you recommend? And, you know, I said, well, there are these four types of sensors that can do that. And here are the advantages and disadvantages. And, you know, well, we got three of them sitting over in the shop. So let's just go get them and play with them. And Mm -hmm. uh, so that was good. But I think we're going to have to leave a little more of the theory on the table to get to a little more of the practical. Uh, gotcha. The hands-on demo, or I don't even say the hands-on, the demos. People really liked demos. Mm. Like I had a document camera that I could put stuff under and project it. Right. So some of it I used to work out problems by hand mm-hmm. in the theory section. Yeah. Like a like a chalkboard or one of the old overhead projectors, you know. Right. Um. And that wasn't its most exciting use. But when I was like, hey, we're going to you know, do something to this circuit. We're going to build this circuit under the projector and look at it. Or like, we're going to learn how to use a multimeter. So you just throw the meter under the camera and talk about how to use it. Mm-hmm. I got lots of feedback that they liked that. Yeah, I could see that too. Because I was thinking on that, that last day, you had a bunch of us come in and either like talk about stuff you had done, you know, for for us specifically, or just how we solved problems. And I was writing stuff down, you know, from the other speakers. And I thought that was, that was really neat. It would be cool to do something like 
quiz the class beforehand or, you know, not quiz the class to before anyone even got there to say, Hey, is there something you've seen on GitHub or something like that, that you would want to like try to do and do something like that? Cause there's a lot of free stuff out there, you know? And like, that would be cool to like pull the class and say, which one of these would you want to try or something like that? I think that'd be fun too. Yeah. Um, you know, we did have the feedback that basically every lab and every demo was self-contained. And I did that so you could do it a la carte. Right. Okay. I did not know how much we were going to get to actually mm-hmm. of what we'd prepared or what people would be interested in. Okay. We can't get to everything. Are you more interested in A or B? Okay. B, great. It's self-contained. We'll go do that. We had talked about in the early planning phases, there being one continuous project throughout the whole week. So at the end of the week, mm-hmm. you have built a, a blah mm-hmm. from scratch. You've welded, you've programmed, you've soldered, you, you've built a thing. Gotcha. And I rejected that idea. Because if anybody missed mm-hmm. something then their thing wouldn't work and they would be spending the rest of the week working on a thing that's not going to work. Yeah. Yep. But I I bet I, we haven't compiled all the statistics from the exit survey yet, but I bet 70% of the exit surveys mentioned wanting that. (gasps) Really? Oh, I would have not wanted that. I I I wouldn't either. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's very interesting. I would not have guessed that would be any of the feedback either. Yes, I wouldn't have wanted that at all because you get so frustrated, you know, going through some of the carpentry's workshops, you know, if you miss that one step and you're like, what is on my jiggy work? And your mistake was yesterday morning. (laughs) Getting back up to that (laughs) is really disheartening. And then if you're still going to be working on it for the next three days, and yours is broken or isn't going to do part of it, that's, I don't know, that can mentally turn you off of the whole process. I mean, it is real troubleshooting in that case. (sighs) Yes, but also, you know, I don't know. Like, in my real job, I'd have the time to go back and do that, too. So I would have totally wanted the a la carte version. That's... So that's a problem because I still want a la carte somewhat because I want to be able to swap modules in and out. Yeah. But the overwhelming feedback if we want a continuous project says that we have to have some mandatory modules. So maybe the a la carte modules don't have that, but the right. mandatory modules maybe work on a project. I don't know. Or maybe it's a part one and part two in the course. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, the other fascinating thing that I don't know how to interpret yet and it was a minority signal. So I probably shouldn't read too much into it. Mm-hmm. One of the questions was, this workshop was interdisciplinary. Should they continue to be or not? Why? I expected every single survey to say, interdisciplinary is good. Yes, interdisciplinary. <laughs> But I'm going to say about five out of 24 
somewhere in that neighborhood said no. Uh, silo it. I would say that those five need to expand their horizons. Um, and some of the arguments, you know, I tried to generalize things as much as I could, but some of the uh-huh. arguments were like, okay, well, I'm in a blah, blah field. And we spent this entire lab talking about a sensor that's used in blah, blah field. And that's not my thing. So I didn't really care about that. Hmm. And, you know, I would say that the, the purist in me or whatever says like, well, the concepts are generalizable. Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt you to know something about a field that's not yours. Yep. That's what I would say as well. That is also 100% the old yelling at clouds professor answer. I don't know. I don't know. You can you can reword it and make it the brand new answer, which is everything, nothing is compartmentalized. So you don't know what you're actually learning from this until you actually hear it in person. You know what I mean? Well, and just, the, I mean, the fact that it's a minority signal and there's so much focus on interdisciplinary work. Yeah. Now, I mean, yeah. I think it's going to continue to be interdisciplinary. I think that's yeah. pretty clear. But... That means that there is a fraction of the people that are going to come that is going to be our job to help change their minds. Yes, correct. Mm -hmm. And so how can we do that? Yep. What could we have done differently to make that interdisciplinary experience better? Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. That's the signal I got from it is we we need to do something better. I think that would be, that could be as easy, and this isn't like the answer, um, but I mean, that could be as easy as taking five minutes to say, you know, this is what this meteorologist is using for, but I've also seen this used, blah, 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 you know, like, like Eric and I talking about how you do stuff out in the field. You know what I mean? Like we don't do the same thing despite having the same degree. Um, but we come across the same challenges when working out in the field. So it can be as easy as a couple of sentences to say, Hey, this sensor can also be used for geologists or for geophysicists in this way. Right. Which I think you see, that's what's frustrating about this because it's like, I would have thought that would have been accomplished because you had so many people who weren't like purely scientific researchers that were presenting too. And it's like, see, see how useful this stuff is. Even though this person isn't, you know, a seismologist, they work in a factory around town. It still uses the same concepts. So. Okay. So here's the second piece that's related then that surprised me. Again, I don't know the exact numbers, and I'm certainly not trying to pick on anybody that gave feedback. Right, right, right. At all. Uh, But I'm going to say it was probably pretty close to 50-50 split on whether the last day was the best day of the workshop or the biggest waste of time of the workshop. (laughs) That was going to be one of my questions, too. (laughs) And so the last day was all guest presenters. Right. Uh, Except for I think there was one little lecture that showed in at the very beginning on troubleshooting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like... It, it was mostly other people talking about what they had done in their line of work, things they had built. And we had a bunch of people that said that was great. Like I didn't even think about like, oh, wow, I can 
I learned enough this week to understand the basics of what this person did. Mm -hmm. And I can do that too, which is the point of it. Right. Yeah. And your talk was specifically called out in several of them as being inspirational. Uh, (laughs) So you are a uh, thought leader. Oh, oh, look at that. I'm putting that on my resume. (laughs) Right. So, and then there was the other half who said, I would have rather spent Friday learning more new content. And I didn't like, you know, speakers X, Y weren't in my field or, you know, I, yeah, other people can do stuff with what we were learning. I would have rather learned more stuff to be able to do more things like that. Hmm. Hmm. So with a 50-50 split, that leaves me a lot less sure about what to do. (laughs) So, okay. So immediately now when you said 50-50 on whether people said it was a waste of time or worth it, I wonder if placement of that day, obviously not your lecture part, but the rest of it, would make a difference. I mean, maybe we split it, like have one person a day, like for the last 30 minutes of the day. Right. Something like, first well, 30 like minutes. that's the, that's the real world application or whatever, maybe something like that. And then you could have like pointedly, like we learned this today. Look how this is being used. Right. You know what I mean? Cause I was thinking, Oh, well maybe it should have been the first day of the workshop to get everyone like jazzed up. But I don't know if I like that. I don't point think was supposed it, to be like, it's the end and like, oh, look at all right, this cool yeah. stuff. You can do all this too. <laughs> um, and it, it worked on some people and totally failed for others. 50-50. Roughly. Man, that's, that's, that is surprising. I would think that people would be exhausted and would just be like, yeah, that was a great last day. You know, because you gave them time for questions and and all that. Hmm. Yeah, most things, most signals were relatively clear. Like there was, you know, an 80-20 split or right, right. 90-10. Uh, this was the only one that was really about 50-50. That's, hmm. I'm still going to argue despite, you know, having a a horse in the in the race because I actually spoke. Um, <laughs> I still think it's good. I think it's good for people to do that. I think you could get too narrow just focusing on doing it. I think it's good for people to hear other people using this stuff and the wide range of it. You know, obviously we're both into meteorology and geology, but it's like, you need to realize that this is totally cross conceptual and applicable. And I I don't see how it's a waste of time. And maybe, you know, so it's just like the field camp reviews are worthless to me during camp because everyone's angry. (laughs) No one wants to be there. Right. But when you ask for feedback a year later, everyone's like, this was amazing. (laughs) So, you know, I think that maybe that day might be something along those lines. Like six months from now, it's like, okay, I am really glad I heard that talk on this thing, even though it didn't seem applicable at the time. So maybe you have a follow up six months from now and just be like, hey, have you guys used any of the things? What do you still think about that last day? <laughs> yeah, I think we might do a a long-term follow-up survey, even though nobody really signed up for that. <laughs> no, they didn't. But, you know, I mean, it's one email and they don't have to do it. But that would, that would actually be really nice. That would be nice to have because, like I said, 
feedback at field camp is pointless, but feedback a year later is actually really good, which is nigh impossible to get. So if like three months from now, you're just like, hey, are you using anything you learned? Let me know what it is. Revisit these five questions, please. Great. And a lot of people did like, we had a pretty strong signal too, in the Arduino afternoon, even though we were kind of, well, we were running short on time. I knew we weren't going to get through a third of the things that I had that I wanted to talk about. Right. And like, okay, so do I blast through this and try to get as much of it in as I can? Do I pick stuff? So what I finally did is I said, look, we're going to show you how to use digital inputs, digital outputs, analog inputs, analog outputs, the four basic things. Mm-hmm. And here's how you get to examples of how to use any kind of sensor. Your box has a ton of sensors and a ton of actuators. For the next 90 minutes, we're just here to help. Go. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was more of a me going, there's no way I can cover everything I want to. Let's just see what happens here. Mm -hmm. And everybody loved it. Yeah. And everybody (laughs) was doing something. Like there was nobody that was just answering email during that segment. Oh, that's nice. Everybody was doing something and everybody was doing something different. That's cool. Like I look at that kit and it it had a keypad in it, like a zero through nine and ABCD keypad. I look at that and I'm like, eh, whatever. (laughs) Like didn't really help me in this application that I'm doing. You know, I rarely need anything like that for a scientific instrument, honestly. Mm So I would never have even thought about teaching them that, but like two people were like, Hey, I want to, like, I want to be able to enter numbers into an Arduino and make this thing to control part of my experiment. Okay. And so they figured out how to use the keypad and some other people are like figuring out how to use a distance sensor or figuring out how to use uh, servos or, you know, everybody was doing something different. So everybody got to do the thing they found most interesting. That is super cool. I think that's great. I think that is a pure example of excellent teaching in my opinion, not to butter you up or anything, but I think I appreciate that's awesome. it. I'll pay you later. But I mean, that gets everyone. That's perfect though. Like that, that's perfect. That's exactly what you need to do to alleviate any frustrations someone might've had because now they get to do this thing that they want to do, but still get help. So we need some more things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that a lot. We need more. I don't want to say flipped classroom one, because I hate that I hate phrase. That too. Me too. I want to explode it everywhere. But, but we need flipped. more semi-self-directedness. Yes. Yeah. Student-driven inquiry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people say like, hey, these Arduino kits are really cool and we used them for three hours. Like, yeah. We should have been using these all week to demonstrate stuff you were talking about. Good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people really liked when we showed, you know, I would say something like, hey, you shouldn't hook electrolytic capacitors up backwards or with an incorrect voltage rating. That sentence, I guarantee you, if you're driving right now, it went in one ear. What did I just say not to do? (laughs) To what type of capacitor? It Mm -hmm. didn't land, right? (laughs) Right, It's it's pretty dry information. (laughs) 
correct. <laughs> so I said that and I said, now let's see what happens if you forget <gasps> this rule. And we hooked oh, an electrolytic sweet. capacitor up to overvoltage and it exploded. I had to hold a little safety shield up. I did, I did my fine. Bill Nye, you know, I put my safety glasses on and held a safety <laughs> shield up. And uh, we exploded this capacitor and it let out tons of stinky smoke and the whole room stunk for like 30 minutes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's great. And now everybody will remember not to do that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They will. <laughs> oh, that's super fun. <laughs> uh, so I think we need some more stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Which honestly was a time of preparation bottleneck. Yeah. Uh, You know, I told somebody that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I mean, that can, I mean, that stuff's really cool, but it can also backfire too. I think it could be, you know, seen as pandering. So you got to see how that lands before you, you do all of it. So. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I was telling people is because one person asked me like, well, how, it seems like this took a lot to put together. I was like, well, yeah, like we, we didn't have any of these slides, none of these demos, none of the labs, you know, like one of the labs I'd written within 12 hours of them doing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I said, yeah, I said for about every 15 minutes that you're here during the day, I said, somebody in our company, either me or somebody else in the company spent about an hour mm-hmm. minimum minimum so, so for every hour that you're here somebody spent four hours of their life making that happen and you're here for 40 hours mm-hmm. they're like that's a lot like, yeah it, it was a ton <laughs> <laughs> yep that is exactly right so we'll you know as as we do this again and again it's going to get better and better yeah, because the, the things that worked, we're going to keep. The things that didn't work, we're going to change. We'll have more time to make more demos. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how, like, the PID lab, you know, that first part didn't land. The second part landed really well, but it's a big, expensive demo. You know, it probably costs a couple hours of time to build and low hundreds in parts. Mm-hmm. Like, that pneumatics board that people were using, they didn't realize... I said, well, it'd be nice if we had several of these. Like, yeah, each one was almost $1,000 in parts. Yeah. Um, the PID lab, with they were floating a ping pong ball using fans. Mm-hmm. And the goal was to float it at a set point height. Okay. So they would say, I want to float it four inches, or I want to float it eight inches, and it would try to control that. It's a great demo. It's actually a really hard system to tune. Like if you can tune that, mm-hmm. you can tune most anything. Yeah. Uh, which some people really like the challenge. Some people got pretty frustrated. Right. I could see that. Um, but only one person could do it at a time. Everybody else was just watching. Yeah, they can make suggestions like, oh, try this or try this. Mm-hmm. But only one person could do their, you know, do the exploration. Mm-hmm. So how can we make a system like that that everybody can have fun? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I could, yeah. Well, and you, how can we do that without having literally a building full of demo equipment? Right, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, although that sounds fun, so, you know. I mean, we, 
on top of where I sit on top of that part of the office, we filled that entire space with demo stuff from this workshop. Oh my goodness. That's impressive. And it wasn't all just bottled water. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. It sounded like it went as well as it could go. So I'm, I'm super excited to, you know, take the next one. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, we did have some pretty bad academic tortured jokes and tortured. I mean, the, the, the thing itself gears, generalist electromechanics for applied researchers workshops. <sighs> yeah. Uh, thanks Dr. Eric Bruning for that. <laughs> Man, if there's one thing meteorology taught us, it was how to make some good acronyms. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're pretty good with tortured phrases, which brings us to everybody's favorite segment of the show. Fun paper Friday. Yay. Um, my, my cowbell is, is put away because during the workshop we had, well, we had everybody over here for a barbecue on Thursday night. And uh, I had to clean off our dining room table, which is where I do this. And I forgot to get the cowbell back out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I was just playing with my travel cowbell today. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yes, playing with. Mm-hmm. I was walking around my office trying to think about some stuff and letting it just sink in as I played with my cowbell. So thanks. I need to uh, – maybe this is a good <laughs> chance to do cowbell rotation. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I could we'll, see We'll that. switch from the, the Steve cowbell to the Tim cowbell now. Steve <laughs> to the Tim. <laughs> I have a Doug cowbell, too. That was the original cowbell. Maybe That's I'll true. get it back out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you right. don't have a, a newborn now, so. Yeah, exactly. So we can just get with it. Um, and I drank some coffee today out of Paul Edison Lamb's wonderful gift to us for doing our Oregon Geological Society talk. So, yes, thanks, Paul, for the uh, mm-hmm. and the Oregon Geological Society for the the awesome coffee mugs you sent. Yes, that was super great. Um, but back to this thing that I found hilarious: <laughs> tortured <laughs> phrases, a dubious writing style emerging in science, evidence of critical issues affecting established journals by Cabanac et al. <laughs> Isn't this terrifying? <laughs> <sighs> Or not surprising. Is that what you're going to say? I, I was going to say, I mean, at the risk of getting sued, like, can I tell you I could have predicted this was an Elsevier journal? <laughs> <laughs> All opinions are own and not those of our funding agencies. <laughs> yeah. I just want to reiterate that. <laughs> um. Yeah. And, you know, we always talk about this too. We always talk about like, we need to have a whole, you could have a whole podcast on this and the, you know, the publishing industry. Right. Um, Yeah. So people are taking and just like reverse, um, what did they call it? Reverse translating journal articles that are already in existence. And then publishing them again. (laughs) And, oh, we don't know. Something weird happened. And we don't understand how these thousands of papers got through this. Yeah. And so basically they're using what what these authors propose is that the artificial intelligence translator tool, GPT, which is a pretty well-known tool Mm -hmm. uh, that can generate text, 
is being used to write these papers from basically plagiarized material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> the weirdness comes in when an actual person, you know, reads these even after, yeah, not just cashing the check and printing them. <clears throat> All comments are our own. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They find these weird, <laughs> these weird phrases in there. And that's the first kicker to, Hey, maybe these aren't, you know, just written by people. Maybe these are weirdly reworded. And well, or like how, you know, peer review. Did, did yeah. somebody really read and write reviews of these? Yes. And correct. did an editor really read those reviews? Well, because of a glitch in the system, actually no. Mm-hmm. And I don't see how that's even close to possible. <laughs> Right. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I mean, if you're the editor of a journal, you spend a lot of time or should. Yes. <laughs> verifying mm-hmm. what's going out in every issue. Yeah, you should be spending a ridiculous amount of time. And at least like at the end, right? Like at least you should see it. Well, and you're the editor because you're one of the experts in this field. Mm-hmm. So you should be interested enough in these papers to have read them anyway. Yeah, Exactly. I mean, Elsevier said they're also investigating this, but the paper says, you know, this is hundreds, especially in this one specific journal, um, microprocessors and microsystems, but potentially thousands of papers like this. And I mean, this isn't funny at all. Like, this isn't the fun paper part. It's really the phrases. (laughs) It, yeah. So, do you want the do you want to take the scientific term or the tortured phrase? Oh, 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 man. Um, <laughs> I'll do the I'll do the tortured phrase. Okay. Uh, big data. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, let me find the big data one. It was. Um, oh no, where'd it go? You're gonna have to do that one for me. I don't see it. I'm on the main page. Okay. Big data. Big data. Where did it go? Okay, there's a table. On I'm the on Nature table article. one. Yeah. Uh, oh, I actually I pulled up the actual. Oh, okay, so you're in the paper. Yeah, I'm in the actual. Okay, paper. so uh, big data was colossal information. Oh, there it is. Oh, or they also found this is why I couldn't see it. Colossal information, or enormous, huge, or immense information. Right. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see. Oh, this one was one. <laughs> Uh, cloud computing cloud computing okay let me find their cloud computing one it's under fog mist cloud computing because those are all buzzwords are they seriously yeah uh, i went on a side tangent in the workshop about how fog computing makes me want to fog computing is a thing yeah um haze figuring (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, that was almost my favorite until I got to the next one. Uh, okay. <laughs> Graphics processing unit, GPU. Graphics processing unit. See, now is that in the nature article here? No, that's okay. So I no, I went back. Okay. You're um, going back and forth and I uh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, signal to noise. Yeah, see, this is my favorite one. I love it so much. Signal to noise. <laughs> I can't even say it. Flag to commotion. <laughs> I'm only saying that from now on. Flag to commotion. <laughs> I think my favorite out of the list was artificial intelligence. 
Oh, really? Okay. See, I tried to guess them before I went and looked them up and I couldn't guess that one. And I felt really dumb <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> like, that one, um, that one made me sad that I couldn't figure out artificial intelligence. Um, okay, so it so was that one is counterfeit or human made consciousness. <laughs> Uh, random value, which you talk about often, you know, you're going to seed something with a random value. <laughs> this one was hilarious because I also, I could not figure that one out. Uh, arbitrary esteem. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, esteem? What are they? Oh, like oh. values. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like what so a bad. weird one, right? Like why would you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the preprint of this paper is available on the archive. We'll link it mm-hmm. in uh, mm-hmm. all 27 pages. It's 100% terrifying. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, this is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really terrifying. This is. And there's also some like they found. Like literal screenshots of figures. <sighs> yep being copied between papers there's it's there's no excuse for this getting through no no excuse there must have been and wait so Elsevier's blaming an organization ambush <laughs> which is tortured phrase for network attack is that what <laughs> right <laughs> is that what happened oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's that's bad news, but um, I will say that I'm going to have to change my flag to commotion ratios and all my. <laughs> uh, I, I did like to mean squared error was sometimes reported as mean square blunder. Mean square blunder. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was just reading that yet. I like discourse acknowledgement for voice recognition. Right. <laughs> discourse acknowledgement. Oh. And this one, I, I would have. I would have spit coffee on my computer if I had read this. <laughs> so we all know about Bayesian statistics and there's something yes. called naive Bayes. Gullible Bayes was the Gullible translation. Bayes. <laughs> oh yeah. I love that too. Um, I'm real sad that we don't use more PDAs though. Personal digital assistants, because those are individual computerized collaborators. <laughs> Were you ever on board with like the Palm or the Casio PDAs before the iPhone? So we actually had them for mapping. So at my field camp 20 years ago, we had those little Casio PDAs and they had uploaded stuff into them. And we actually had an assignment where we had to map on them. Yes. I, you know, not really needing to organize contacts or anything because I was in middle school, (laughs) but being a giant nerd, had one of those Casios as well because of course that was the future. Yeah, it it sure was. I bet you had a great work process motor or workflow engine. (laughs) Great. And then, you know, the iPhone came along and kind of destroyed a bunch of that, but destroyed all of it. Yeah. That's very true. But no, I had, I had a PDA for a long time before the iPhone. Did you use it when you were, Organizing your profound neural organization. <laughs> My deep neural network. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, table one is the only funny thing in this paper. <laughs> oh, high performance computing, elite figuring. 
is figuring. Computing is figuring. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. <clears throat> Colossal so, information. <laughs> yeah, so uh, funny, funny table, but big problem in the publishing world. Huge problem, yeah. So we should probably get somebody on to talk about this. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do you remember the metaphor years ago? while we were sitting in McNally's that I told you about publishing. Oh no. Which one? <laughs> so publishing is like, I, I remember, remember this conversation distinctly because I've used this metaphor quite a few times. <laughs> Be like publishing is like, if we walked into this bar, <gasps> yes, <laughs> we went behind the bar, poured our own beer. <laughs> we drank it. We washed the glass. We wiped the bar down. And then we paid the bartender. Paid the bartender. Yeah, I remember that too. You're correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Mm -hmm. Yep, so we'll let you know how the uh, slander and civil suit (laughs) against both of us is going. Hey, man, nature wrote this. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Right. Uh, but if you have your elite figuring that you want to share with us or anything else that you want to run through GPT just to see what comes out the other end, uh, we would love to hear that. And you still have just a hair of time to get us those comments for episode 300. We had a couple of, uh, of off weeks there because, uh, well, we had a workshop and we also had some, some other stuff come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you still got just a hair of time to get those in. I think I've got four or five of you right now, but oh, we'd love to it. make that more. Yeah. Cause we, Here's... we know how many people download the show and it's a lot more than four or five. It's like 12 or 13. So the rest of you get that in here and you <laughs> yeah, can email exactly. us those <laughs> show at don't panic geocast.com. You can even tweet them. We'll figure out how to do that. Um, <laughs> at don't panic geo. I'm at Shannon Doolin. John is at geo underscore Lehman. And as always, you can support us and this great work we're doing <laughs> on Patreon. So thank you to our supporters, patreon.com slash don't panic geo. And until next week, remember, Don't panic. It's not an exact science. Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed are solely ours and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers or funding agencies.